The Christmas season brings about great joy, eggnog, gifts, Christmas carols, and the occasional holiday romp. Ho, ho, ho! So, put on your ugliest Christmas sweater, pour yourself some eggnog, and get ready for the 12 interviews of Christmas. guys welcome to the 12 interviews of christmas yet again we've got an amazing guest for you today i'm excited hasn't been on the show in a while because you know what he hasn't been in the country for a while chuck colton's a former army ranger he's a war correspondent done work with newsmax cbn you name it lots of other places he spent six months well give or take six months of this year in the war-torn country of ukraine chuck thanks so much for being here Glad to be here. This is the ugliest sweater I own. So there you go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, no, you 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 look far more professional than I do, which is usually the case when when you're here. Um, I want to talk about Ukraine, what you've seen there, your experiences there, because you it's been six months, right? You you spent a ton of time there this year. Yeah, I did. Uh, and uh, you know, nobody planned on a land war in Europe, but if you're a war correspondent, then that's that's where you go. That's where you uh, go. I tell you, this has been the closest. I think I will ever come to being able to cover something like World War II. Uh, this is a, a fascinating, fascinating conflict. Um, of course, it's a very divisive conflict, and it's one of the first uh, major conflicts that is that, that what happens in the information battle space is more important than what happens in the kinetic battle space. Uh, so what people believe about what's happening is more important than what is actually happening. It actually becomes the reality. Uh, and so that's why both sides are pouring so much into their uh, propaganda efforts yeah. and uh, trying to influence that in the information battle space. Well, I can tell you, you've been there. I haven't. I have I have friends and former colleagues who are there. But from being coming from my background in Intel, you know, I know a thing or two about propaganda and the information wars. It's really hard to cut through this. There is just so much noise with this, which is why it's 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 divisive abroad. It's divisive here. No one really knows exactly what's going on, but everyone's got really strong opinions on it, um, which is just a you know it's a perfect picture of kind of where we are on on every issue in America and, and across the, the planet these days. Oh, I know everything. This is, I'm digging my heels in, even though I don't have the facts, but. Tell me this, because people do have their you know opinions on it, and let's let, let's let's get past that a little bit for a second. Not talk about the the whys of of what's going on, but let's talk about what what you're actually seeing on the ground there. Because as as people debate why this started, why it's continuing, who's responsible, yada yada yada, there are Ukrainian citizens who are stuck right in the middle of this thing. What's the situation like on the ground there? Well, and that's the whole reason that I do this job anymore is not because, I mean, it's A, so that I don't have to report on the politics or entertainment or, you know, Brittany went out again partying without her panties on or something right. stupid like that. <laughs> um, but when you go to Ukraine, the first thing you're going to notice if you come out with me is that there's a whole lot of hurting people. And these are people who... I feel the same way about politics. They don't care left or right. They they just want to live their lives. They just want to tend their garden. They just want to raise their children. And yet they're being brutalized by a uh, an enemy who has larger political or geopolitical designs on that area and for no reason. 
at, at no guilt to them. Uh, and that actually covers both sides. That that uh, we're, we're talking about Ukrainians specifically. Uh, you know, they didn't invade anybody, so they have the moral high ground there. Um, but however, there have been seventy thousand or more Russian troops killed in Ukraine already, and those the vast majority of those guys didn't want to be there either. Right. Uh, there have been tens of thousands captured. There have been um, you know both sides have been brutality, um, and. So regardless of who's at fault, the people who aren't at fault are the people that I'm there for, the, 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 the civilians, the people who are living in freezing cold temperatures with no power, no heat, no water, uh, and simply because uh, you know Vladimir Putin cannot win on the battlefield. He's losing every time he goes up against the Ukrainians on the battlefield, and so he's resorting to just terrorizing the civilians. Yeah. Those are the people I want to I want to be there to report on. It's not good for my career to go to Ukraine for six months because, uh, by and large, people in America just don't care. Right. Uh, they they don't want to hear about it. But I want to be there because I see the people who are hurting, and I feel for those people, and I feel like their story needs to be told. Yeah, I agree. Well, and this has always been. I mean, you're an absolute stud in this. You know, this the the freelance war correspondent journalism space. Everyone loves you, respects you as they should. Uh, you know when I, uh, that I, I got introduced to you you were doing that you've been doing it forever you're awesome but what I think is so cool about it is you treat this as like a ministry opportunity as well like this is your heart comes through everywhere you go and what you're doing and and some of the stories and footage that you you see come out and not necessarily all the stuff that goes to a newsmax or places like that but certainly you know being friends with you seeing your social media uh you know accounts and profiles and I was like man I'm not doing nearly enough to help people in this planet. Chuck Holton sure as hell is because uh, he's out there doing it all the time. And that's what I love. And, and for the people in the audience who, who do have a strong feeling on the Ukrainian conflict over there, that's fine. You might be right. You might be wrong. But, but I can guarantee you what Chuck is doing and, and his heart and where it is is 100% right. And I, just, I love that you do that and that you continue to, to share information like that. So major kudos to you. Well, I think that the, the that's the only way that I don't suffer from post-traumatic stress. Uh, it, you know, doing this job for 20 years, I've seen a lot of mayhem. And most of the time that is uh, the, the people who are who really affect you are the ones who are being brutalized and victimized at no fault of their own. I mean, if it's a military age male and you play the game, you take your chances. OK, you get whacked. That's the way it goes. Right. Uh, you hang around the barbershop long enough, sooner or later you get an haircut. Uh, and so I, my, my brain can deal with that okay. But, you know, I went to a, a VA, my first VA appointment ever uh, the other day, and just had this in-processing interview over there. And the doctor was saying, do you have PTSD? And I said, well, I, you know, that's probably something that a professional needs to diagnose in me. And he's like, well, have you ever been to war? And I yell, yeah, a lot. And have you ever seen people die? Well, yeah, a lot. Have you ever been to a, you know, a, a fire, flood, earthquake. Yeah, all, all those things. He said, gosh, you're going to give the therapist PTSD. And, <laughs> and I said, well, I don't feel like I have post-traumatic stress. I don't feel like I suffer from what the things that I've seen, mostly because I feel like if I was just there uh, reporting on what was going on and it was completely powerless to do anything about it, it would affect me. And it does affect a lot of journalists, but because I feel like my primary res responsibility 
is to tell the world about people who are hurting so that the world can come and help them. It gives me a real strong sense of mission while I'm there. And that, I think, get, it drives me toward that mayhem and not away from it. it and, and it helps me make sense of what I'm doing there, even if what's happening there doesn't make sense. Is that, yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> no, it, it, no, it absolutely does. And it's, you know, it, it kind of leads me to my next question um because you take that that tack that approach which which helps you and again helps in the in the process that the people on the receiving end uh of of aid and help over there and the people on the receiving end of information over here but there's a lot of negative stuff going on in the world i mean a, a lot is an understatement that it's just it's it's atrocious what we're seeing on so many levels everywhere whether it's the political landscape here at home and how divided our country is, how how some of these policies would be so bad for our country, whether it's what's happening over there, whether it's what happens on a daily basis in the Middle East and in Africa, whether it's, you know, the China-Taiwan issue, it's it's Iran ramping up their stuff, just being Iran like they're always going to be. There's a lot of stuff to worry and get frustrated about, panic about. You're a believer you're you're someone who's active with 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 your faith and active in and and implementing your faith and and taking the message and the gospel elsewhere. How do you on a personal level kind of drown out the noise? Not not dismiss it because that's not healthy or smart either, I don't think, but kind of drown out the noise and kind of keep first things first, particularly during this time of season where you want to just settle down, enjoy time with the family, enjoy being mm-hmm. in your case home and safe in the United States. How, how do you how do you get, how do you do that? I think that's a two-part question. So let me put it. Let, let me at least split my answer into two yeah. parts. Uh, the first being, um, you know, how do you m- make sense of that? How do you focus on, you know, keep the important things important? Uh, in the book of Jude, uh, the second to last book of the Bible, uh, if you were to boil down the message of that book, it basically is that uh, look, the the world is like a building on fire. Uh, your job is not you're you're not going to be able to put the fire out. That's not your job. Your job is to yank people out of the fire. And so, if, if I just focus on yanking people out of the fire as best I can, whoever I, whoever's in front of me that need, needs something, needs help, uh, do something that uh, the best I can to to help them, uh, then that's going to be the the way that I keep focused on is, is just remembering my job is just to yank people out of the fire, not to put the fire out. Uh, secondly, it. when it comes to the to this season, uh, I think that remembering and this is this is difficult for me. This is a, a struggle, but remembering that that house fire is going to be there after this the, the holidays are over, and um, there's there are going to be more people that need saving there after the holidays are over, and the world will keep right on running without me for a week or two, while I take some time off to recharge and rest. And be with my my two new grandbabies and my five children. Um, at, you know, at some point, a I've got to decide that uh, okay, I've I've made enough money this year, and I I need to just just back off and just relax and and put it down. Just step away from the from the the, the war for just a, a little while. The war will still be there when I get back to it. Yeah, and. And just allow myself the permission to spend time with my family, to spend time just rolling around on the floor with my grandbabies, to just putter around and not be productive for just a little bit. 
because I'm that I'm that guy that you know if if I made a hundred thousand dollars this month, there's a guy on my shoulder saying you if you worked a little harder, you could have made a hundred and ten. Um, and I, I'm just a, you know far too driven that way, and I need to be able to learn to just turn that off and just go shut up. I'm just going to lay on the couch and do nothing today and just read a book and sit by the fire and and because if not, what am I doing all this for anyway? If I'm if I'm working so hard all year and I'm going to work right through the holidays so that and miss the time that I'm here with my family, what's what's wrong with that picture? I've got to be able to just turn it off. So that's that's what I'm working on doing for the next couple of weeks is just um, I'm I'm not checking email. I'm not I'm just trying to spend time as much as possible with my kids and my grandkids. I love it. I love it. And it's a hard thing to do too. It's my biggest struggle is, is, is taking breaks. We're taking a break from the main show right now. Um, you know, doing the, the daily live streams and, and all that goes along with it. And it's, it should be a break and it's actually kind of stressful because it's like, well, what do I yeah, do? You're right. Um, it is, and it is. it's so, stressful because, you know, especially in our business, if I stop putting out content, then my followers drift away. Right. And, and, and so I've I, you know, how am I going to stop doing my podcast for three weeks? I mean, that, that'd be terrible. Well, you know what? I'll go b- build back some more followers after the first of the year. And if those people uh, are going to filter away because I took a couple weeks off, then they probably weren't the kind of fans you, you really care about anyway. Right. Exactly. Well, I think, I think you're, <clears throat> excuse me. So right there. It's, and, and and I always say this, and and I don't necessarily adhere to it. Shocker, uh, uh, just being the broken human that I am. But it's like if we don't recharge ourselves, what good are we to everyone else? You know, we go 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 go, and we give the worst versions, whether it's bringing home the worst version to your family or just the worst version to everything you're doing. So it is tough. It's it's hard to to take that break. It's hard to just chill like you're doing now. And I'm so glad you're getting to do that. Um, but it's, it's definitely a craft. It's something you got to you train yourself to do. Cause if you're wired, gotta be intentional. Doing, yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Well, and I love to the, the, um, and then I got some Christmas questions for you, but I love the, the example of Jude and the, and, and the burning house and just getting one person out of the fire at a time. I think too, with that kind of example, and that's a better one, but you, we collectively live in this world now where everything is so interconnected and it, you know, I feel like we were never meant to be that interconnected. We're supposed to be on this community, you know, family, of course, level, but then community level where we're tied in helping each other out there. But we've got there's so much extra stress that's that's added on to all of our plates because you just all you got to do is flip up, you know, your phone. I guess we don't have flip phones anymore. That was a much better day, by the way. But but, you know, turn on your phone, turn on your computer, turn on your TV and you see all these headlines that are just like, oh, my gosh, that's way too much. Um, it's way too much for us to handle. And we get focused on all these things that we can't necessarily fix. Like you're saying, we can't fix all this stuff, but let's fix the things that we can fix. Let's take some time off with our family and then, and then go hard charging into to the things that we can make an impact on. And, and that's another hard thing to do, but man, it's, it's important. It is, you know, you look at what's about to happen with the immigration crisis. And, you know, I've been watching that from afar in in Ukraine this year and thinking, I really should be there reporting on that. I spent almost all last year reporting on the immigration issue. And you look at what's happening in Brazil. You look what's happening in Burma. You look what's happening in on the China-India border. You get, I mean, I need to be 15 different places at once, but yeah. I, I can't. And I just need to maybe not have such a high view of myself that I'm so, uh, you know, 
important that the whole world is going to stop rotating if I don't go to work today. No, I think the world will still be there when I get ready to come back to it. And if I'm going to be a man of honor, that means making the important things important. Yeah. And the important things are the things that I'm working so hard for. So it's time to just spend some time with them. Amen to that. I love it. I love it. Well, we're going to let you get back to them. Just have two, which should be pretty, I think, pretty simple questions. First of which is, what is your favorite Christmas movie? Man, uh, you know, I'm not a big movie guy. I'm, I, I'm usually so busy making content that I don't have a time to consume much content. Uh, but I, I love the Home Alone movies with my kids. I, I like the movies that remind me of when my kids were little. And so the movies that we watched all the time as a family when my kids were little are the ones that I keep going back to. Uh, the, the Home Alone movies, the um, Christmas Story, yeah. uh, you know, those, those sort classics. of- Classics. Classics, yeah. yeah you I, know, love I mean, it. Nakatomi Plaza, of course, the, you know, the classics, the really important ones. The, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, we watched Die Hard last night. It was amazing yet again. Uh, no, those those are good. I mean, Home Alone is just it's heartwarming and it is. It brings you back to to just fond times, amazing times, which is great. OK, last one. What's your favorite Christmas song? You, I mean, you're traveling. You got to have like earbuds in at some point. Uh, this year, I actually discovered a, um, a, a, a men's acapella group called um i just i just spaced on the name of the group um shoot and anyway but they they sing a whole bunch of cool uh now i want to go look it up it's going to drive me crazy if i don't find it <laughs> uh, they, they, they this uh men's acapella group sings a bunch of the old sort of um baptist hymn christmas songs uh so not your real modern ones at all uh, but the ones that are, uh, you know, the things that I, that we sang when I was a kid uh, and the acapella version of those is, is pretty awesome. Uh, I want to say it's home away, but it's. Um, well, I, I, I on that else. note, while you're looking it up, I, I, this sounds so curmudgeon. Well, home like, free. What is it? It's called home free. Home, home free. free. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to check that I, out. We were just I, talking about home alone. So it threw me all off, <laughs> but uh yeah, no, they're they're great, and and I like those acapella ones. But uh, actually, this morning I found a YouTube channel that is um, actual recordings of Christmas radio from the 1940s, and it's even got like the commercials in it and the propaganda things for World War II and what the troops are doing and stuff over there. And I've been just loving that. One of the things that I noticed is that there's a ton of songs in there that i've never even heard before a, a ton of like legit christmas songs that i've literally never heard in my life and so i've been, really been enjoying that one today that sounds amazing because i love all the old school stuff i don't know that i typically go back that far but like but but 40s 50s 60s like those that i feel like they didn't need to keep making christmas music after that like we're, right. we're good we got a good catalog let's just run with this this is what we will all listen to oh exactly. man well Chuck, thank you so much for being here. Where's the best place for people to follow all the amazing stuff that you're doing around the planet? Uh, I usually post most of everything I'm, I'm doing on uh, chuckolton.locals.com, so that's a good place, or else my, my podcast on YouTube, uh, The Hot Zone uh, with Chuck Holton, so you can go check that out. Uh, those are probably the two best places. I love it. 
Well, again, thanks so much for spending time with you, uh, for spending time with us. Pray that you just have an amazing, restful, uh, and restoring time with your family over the holidays before you get back to being Chuck Holton, uh, Super War Correspondent. Again, thanks for being here. We uh, are so grateful for your time. Thank you, Drew. It's been really great getting the chance to see you again. It's been a while too long, my friend. Absolutely. All right, well, Merry Christmas, and Merry Christmas to the rest of you guys in the audience. We hope you enjoyed this, this conversation. If you didn't, uh, we're going to have to have a discussion about that because Chuck's amazing, and this is what we need to be talking about this season. So thanks for spending time. We still have more 12 interviews of Christmas to go. We hope you have a wonderful day, and we will see you tomorrow. Be safe, be smart, be free. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfuckers.